You're listening to Culture Matters, a podcast of the Village Church. This is Adam Griffin. I'm here as usual with my co-host, Adam Hawkins, and we're joined today by guests David Ubbin and Jared Musgrove. And on today's episode, we're going to have a discussion about fake news and some of the ways that we can faithfully consume news from our culture as Christians. Well, we are rejoined by Adam Hawkins, who spent the last podcast show on the beaches of Florida. Adam, how are you this morning? Welcome to the No Spin Zone. <laughs> Thanks. Good to have you back. We're also joined this morning by David Ubbin. He's a covenant member with me down at the Dallas campus. He's a sports journalist. Uh, he graduated from the elite journalism school of Mizzou. He's worked at ESPN, Fox Sports, currently writes for Sports on Earth. David, how are you this morning? Doing good. Excited to have an interesting chat today. Good. Glad you're here. Jared Musgrove. Jared Musgrove has been on the podcast before. He's our group's pastor here at the Flower Mound campus, and Jared's thought a lot about the topic of news. He actually graduated, actually graduated from the University of Oklahoma with a degree in journalism, which I'm sure is what you, this was part of the the plan, right? First journalism, then a pastor, then one day something else. Tell us about how does journalism Yeah, I wanted to get into the business of telling the good news. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that is a great, some pastor out there really enjoyed that pun. That's right, that's right. Nobody in here, but somebody out there. I know you guys are out there. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for listening. I know you. Thanks, Dad. Thanks for listening. (laughs) (laughs) Well, today we're talking about news. News has a lot to do with our culture. In particular, we're talking about the term fake news we'll talk a lot about today. It's it's become a a really popular term in our culture, and it's been a a part of particularly the last contentious kind of election season. Since then, it's kind of uh, risen the degree of this disagreement over facts and news between the right and the left. Social media has brought to the surface because you see a lot of social media that are um, just, it's more prevalent through social media. People are posting it, reposting it. And even bigger news, like it's it's almost hard for some people to know what's true and what's not. And for us as Christians, the reason we're having this conversation is we think it's important that Christians would have a good framework for understanding and approaching the news, the gospel, how it informs every aspect of life and culture. And since news is a part of a lot of people's daily life, daily life, I'm I'm kind of a news junkie. I have my app that I go through what's going on locally, what's going on globally, what's going on in our country. And it's important for me to be able to distinguish what is true and what is not. So let's start with what's the news? You guys are journalism majors, David and Jared. Adam, you have a thousand opinions, <laughs> some of which are good. But let's talk about the news. What is the news? How should we define it? Jared, when somebody says news, you think, hey, you need to understand news is this, and this is what it's not. What is the news? Yeah. Man bites a dog. Man bites a dog. That is... Like, is that what you guys studied? That's yeah. What, that's what they tell us. Yeah. 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 <laughs> not, that's classic. Not dog, might, not dog bites man. That's nothing new there. Okay. Man bites dog? <laughs> oh, okay. Like, <laughs> news is the unordinary. Yeah. Okay. It is something that... This is different. And to put on the, 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 the journalism professor cap... You know, we talked about the the five pillars of uh, the five pillars of, of, of news. You have things that impact, things that change people's yep. lives. You have things in proximity, things that happen close to you. That's going to be news. Things when there's conflict between anyone, that, that's going to make news. Whether we like it or not, people that are prominent for whatever reason, when something happens to them, that's news. And things that are timely, you know, those things are all kind of the, the five things that, that, that categorize what is news and, and what's not news. Hey, that's really helpful. I mean, I feel like I just got... Can I get an honorary degree from having listened to that? That was the intro class. Mizzou's got pretty high standards. I I don't know that you could actually graduate. Okay, (laughs) let's try this. Question number two, smarties. Uh, What is... 
So uh, does all news have a bias? Do you feel like there's a, a sense in which there isn't any unbiased news source that we can say this is this is an unbiased news story or news program or news um, uh, somebody who puts it out? Is there such a thing as unbiased? I mean, if you think there is, I, I think it reveals a level of naivety to you. Everyone has a bias. Your bias is your perspective on the world. And I think, you know, especially, you know, you mentioned today's climate, when people talk about bias, and, you know, I, I cover a lot of sports, so obviously that that's sports. You know, people say politics is sports. That's very true. <laughs> uh, and you see that a lot. People think, well, bias is, is leaning toward one thing or another, but, but that's really not true. There's lots of different kinds of bias. And you have, you know, uh, the, uh, what we call a temporal bias, which is a bias toward news stories. The, the golden rule is never put still or continues in a headline. That mm. doesn't sell headlines. You know, you have visual <laughs> bias. On TV, a story that has a great image to it is going to be a story that gets more prominent placement on the news. Uh, you have, you know, the bad news bias. I hate to break it to the Winslow family, but there's a reason why you don't read any good news on the newspaper page, because bad news right. sells. Uh, uh, good news doesn't sell well. It doesn't look as good. Right. Uh, and so, you know, news organizations, they're not charities. They're not government institutions. They're businesses, and you got to sell. <laughs> and right. we have an appetite for conflict. Mm -hmm. And you have, you know, your narrative bias, things that suit the, the storyline of whatever's going on. And a status quo, you know, is, is another bias. You know, when you have uh, things changing or you have a right, you know, when, you, when you're writing, you're writing the perspective of, you know, the big picture is not going to change. <laughs> and and I, that's 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 going to be a natural bias that comes out in your writing. And then a fairness bias, too. You know, you have a, a, a need to get an opposing view, but I think especially now in, in some of the things that have happened, you know, maybe the, op the opposing view doesn't deserve equal footing to another view. And, and I think that's... Uh, you know, like I said, bias is a complicated word, but certainly if you feel like any news doesn't have bias, you, you're, you're being a little naive. Good. So this is fascinating. So if news, what sells and what we what we have an appetite for is the word you used, is conflict, is kind of these dark things, is uh, if that's what's shaping the news and what we are reading is that, then how will that shape us? How do you think that affects people if every day, all day, it's not people reading stories about man gets dog and has a great pet, you know, bites it's a, dog. yeah, man bites dog or, or in a bigger picture, like if, if what we're reading every day is this terrible thing is happening in your city, this awful thing is happening in your world. This is why people are lost and depraved. How do you feel like that shapes us? Adam, what do you think? I, you know, um, as I think about it, uh, it, it's absolutely going to have an impact on us. Um, and, and I don't think – look, uh, what's been fascinating to me just in the beginning of our conversation is that news isn't – and it, it's sort of a revelation that news isn't simply um, a recitation of the facts. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't know what that is, but that's not necessarily news. <laughs> I guess. I've just learned, right? Uh, but but so what's that mean for us? Um, especially the narrative bias. I think that's really interesting. Um, and, and one thing that, that shocked me uh, and has shocked me um, is even though I try – Right to to the, the to the fairness bias to get two sides of a story. Yeah, I get I I am shocked and surprised many many times uh, uh, by what's happening in the world, by what's happening in politics, and I think it's because I naturally gravitate towards a whether it doesn't even have to be political, but just maybe a certain um, style. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, some people enjoy longer form journalism. Some people enjoy stories that are more informative. Some people enjoy stories that have, you know, like you said, a visual element. And there's there's different ways that those stories are told. And so how is it going to shape you? I think naturally you're going to seek out things that sort of affirm your own worldview. Huh. Uh, and then I think what, what happens is you're going to be re probably, right, I'm speaking off the cuff, but probably uh, your, your biases are going to be reinforced. 
first. And then what happens, I think the danger, if that, because it, it's not a problem if it's innocuous. I think the danger uh, then becomes that you, you will be ill-equipped, right? You'll be ill-equipped to actually deal with the world as it is. Uh, you'll, you'll have a, a distorted or even myopic view of, of what the world really is. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Let, go ahead, Jared. Well, I was going to say, you know, you bring up the different mediums, you know, yeah. television and everything. You have to be aware, too, that you're shaped by the medium. Yes. A story on television is told much different than it is in, in, a, in a radio or a podcast, much different than if you're reading it in print. Yep. And so just know how the story's being told because that's shaping how you're reacting. TV is a very visual medium. Um, I've actually increasingly become wary of uh, TV news. I think I'm, I'm more inclined to something like what we're doing here. Even just the resurgence of podcasts, I think, is really encouraging to me because they at least allow for some more discussion, maybe. On TV, you got to get in, you got three minutes to have your argument, you better get your stuff in and then duck, yeah. you know? And, yeah. But that's entertaining because we can put commercials in the middle of that and, and sell ads. So let me ask you this, with your <clears throat> your journalism hat, your pastor hats on, like why do people have an appetite for the kind of news that news programs put out? Why do they want conflict? Why is that? Why is it that we couldn't sell a newspaper that was all good news and that TV shows couldn't do all good news? Why would people stop watching? What is it about the human heart? Why do you watch a football game? Uh, I want my team to win. Exactly. It's like, oh, I, I politics is it, sports. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it so really is. People want to read about their team winning? In, in some ways, I mean, so... Uh, even a member here at our church was describing, you know, last November and was just saying, like, this is my Super Bowl huh. season. So, yes, people want their team to win. They also want to be affirmed in their biases. Okay. And you can market that. Okay. You to say, can, like, you were right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And we also like it when the other team gets beat really badly. Do you feel so, like people have a dystopian bent automatically of just like, hey, things are either falling apart or they're falling apart for somebody that... Hey, I just, uh, it's not that we love to be disappointed, but there is a, uh, I don't know what it is, maybe a hunger for that gossip about what's going on. There's that. I think there's a fear factor to it as well. You know, the old, like, you're sitting down to the six o'clock news, and uh, this is actually an old skit. You know, you're sitting down, the TV comes on, and it says, like, what are you eating right now that could kill you? Details at 11. (laughs) Is it it peas? (laughs) I don't know. You know, and so there's, there's that, too. It's like, we've got to hook you, and we've got to almost scare you, or... Build you up, okay. In a sense, we we do in our sinful hearts like to feel superior, like we're on the winning team. And I've I've seen more of that, okay. uh, just as I've I think I've grown more news sense in my adulthood. Let's turn the corner and talk about fake news. Then fake news to me it seems like a prominent, fairly new big deal, but maybe, I don't know, David, was that something you talked about at Mizzou? They say like, hey, this is what you're going to have to battle as a <laughs> legit journalist, is that no, other people will be out because, there? Uh, you know, I don't want to date myself, but I was I, I was there a while ago, and, and these types of things, you know, the world has changed a lot. May I ask when you graduated? 2009. Okay. So. okay. okay man. <laughs> I graduated so, in 2005. Yeah, so it's, yeah. you know, it, it's it's been such a short time, but yeah. the, the world has changed, and the, and the idea of the gatekeeper has mm-hmm. changed. You yes. know, 10, 15 years ago, you know, even even five years. Well, maybe not five years ago, but but before you know, blogs and, and social media became uh, commonplace. Mm-hmm. The number of people that had audiences of millions was really small, yes. and the people who decided yes. these are the this this is what the millions of people are going to see. Those are your gatekeepers. 
and there were very few people that held that status. And now it's very different. You know, you can have a you can have a blog. You can have you know a fake news website that has five hundred thousand followers on Facebook. You can get your own message out on social media, whoever you are, and that message may yeah. be accurate or not accurate. And that just wasn't a thing ten years ago. And so there's so many conflicting points of view and conflicting information that. It is hard, I think, for people to sort through, harder than ever to sort through what is true and what is not. And then you have people that, that know what they're doing in terms of taking advantage of that. And that's kind of where you see the fake news sort of rise to gotcha. prominence. Well, Adam, I know this this topic fires you up. Can you explain to us, maybe just give us a definition. This is what fake news is, and this is why it's really, to you, just drives you nuts. Listen, I don't know, seriously, I don't know the genesis of it. I don't know when the beginning of fake news is. I can't tell you. So I'm, I'm sort of a, a novice when it comes to this. But I, why it's, it's, it's not so much that it fires me up. It's just frustrating. It's a frustrating thing because I think um, it's, it's become... Uh, its own animal at this point. And I remember when the term, at least when I was first exposed to the term, right, it, it generally had to do with the phenomena of social media, right, and how that had impacted the news. That's where I was first sort of, that's where you would first hear about it. You'd see some crazy, it's always like Facebook's fault, right, or whatever, but you'd, you'd see some- <laughs> Zuckerberg. Like, yeah. <laughs> Guys, he's out there. He's trying to, he's trying to he's, change it. Yeah. He's talking to the people. <laughs> he can buy and sell me if he'd like. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, honestly, you know, it'd be, and it wouldn't be, it, it, lots of times it might be connected to something political, but not always. It might just be some weird story and you see it on somebody's feed or whatever. And then you're like, wow, could that really happen? Did this man really bite a dog? Right. Or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, of course that didn't happen, you know, mm -hmm. and you dig around for it for a few minutes and you realize that's not a real thing. Most people don't take the time to dig around. Clickbait. Yeah. It's clickbait, you know? Um, uh, and not just clickbait, but almost like willfully, it was deceptive. like willfully deceptive and will like fault. It was just false and like mm. maybe a troll or somebody having what? fun. You but know? why do they do that? Why would they retweet it, share it? Why? Yeah, I mean, so this goes back to the question before of 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 um, you know of why are we drawn to uh, cataclysm? Why are we drawn to darkness? I mean, for me, I think it's some of the things we talked about. It's wanting your team to win, but I think it actually speaks to deeper emotions in the human heart. You know, one is. Um, I, I think there's a good thing it speaks to in that there's this, in all of our hearts, there's these eternal longings. And one of those is that good would triumph over evil. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What that means in this broken world, I, I think what that means in this broken world is sometimes we have, what we do is we take things that are really complex and we too easily mark our side is good and the other side is yeah. evil. And that's where the winning thing comes in and everything like that. But I also think that there is a reality that um, it reflects the human experience in some sense. Now you can argue, you know, does, does news drive, yeah, you know, which, which, which comes first? Yeah. But, but that's not what I mean. I mean, I, I do think there is a way, like, so you talk about the phenomenon of social media. It's like what's happened is you found all these people who, who used to just be fringe folk right? But now they've all found each other online uh -huh. and they can all kind of come together and they're not alone anymore. And yeah. I think that's part of the news too is, is, oh, wow. Like I also perceive this world as being a dark place and that's mm -hmm. true, you know, or what, you know, it's, it's, it yeah, so, builds the courage of what used to be kind of a, a, like you said, the fringe. Yes. And now there's an emboldening that comes from other people think like me or other people have the same agenda as me to exactly. undermine what is true or to undermine the other team. Yeah. Yeah. Other people tell themselves the same story. I tell myself. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I think if you, if you get down to the ground level, you know, it does go back to what we were talking about earlier that if all the news you're consuming is from a single point point of view and and it tends to villainize people with opposing points of view and you keep being discipled by that 
your brain will believe anything oh, about yeah. the other side. And yes. so when you see these stories that someone who hasn't been discipled by the same thing sees, and you're like, that's insane. That could not happen. Somebody that's been, been paying attention to a particularly slanted point of view would be like, of course, it's a yeah. confirmation bias. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, to get to fake news, you know, I'll give a shout out to, to the Reynolds Journalism Institute. It's like a, a research think tank at Mizzou, but they've actually been studying this phenomenon a lot. Mm. And there's some debate about how to define it. And I think the simplest definition for them, for fake news, is that one, it's false. Mm-hmm. Two, it's created by someone who knew it was false. Uh-huh. And three, it was created, and this is key, for economic motive. It's as simple as supply and demand. Huh. You look at the people that run these sites, um, you know, traditionally they're going to have, you know, conservative or liberal or whatever in the website or in the site name that, that, that has gained popularity on Facebook. These places are making, you know, six digits yearly in, in ad revenue. It's insane. Wow. Um, and, and, and that's where the motivation comes from. You, 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 uh, you know, there's a story um, a while back um, of a guy that uh, had run a website, a fake news website, that, that posted a photo of, uh, you know, fake ballot boxes, these, these ballot boxes in Ohio that were all, you know, had voted for Hillary or whatever. And, and he ran this story that was, um, you know, saying, like, we found these boxes and it was just a guy on a truck with, mm-hmm. you know, some ballot boxes. <laughs> right, right. And he made something like $40,000 on this story. Yep. And it oh was just goodness. some it was some 24-year-old totally. kid in D.C. that worked for, like, a law firm, mm-hmm. spent 30 minutes... Pulled um, a picture from somewhere. Pulled a pic- He just Googled ballot boxes. Spent 30, <laughs> you know, found like the first image you can find. Spent 30 minutes a week on this website. Made a ton of money on just one story and and probably did influence voters in some ways. That's interesting. And mm-hmm. so it, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a lot of times it's economic. In, in, in When there's money to be made out there, people are going to go there. And yes. so that's, that's, I think that, that is the sometimes overlooked part of fake news. And it's not always political. That's the thing. People talk about fake news and defining that. You know, people when when the motive is more political, that's more of a propaganda because there's twofold to this. There's when people who are in power are using the term, and then there's people that are producing it that don't have any power, but they just want a check. So you would definitely make a distinction between fake news and just news that disagrees or that has sure. a bias and fake news and a conspiracy theory where somebody really, because you said by definition, I think you said the Reynolds group, shout out number two, would say that <laughs> the person knows it's not true where a conspiracy theory I associate with somebody thinks this is true even though it's not. Fake news would be they know this isn't true and they're putting it out there for either financial gain or some other reason like that. So if somebody's saying this is a conspiracy or and, and they legitimately believes it's true, you would say that's a distinction. We're talking fake news is these people are maliciously trying to get you to click on something or believe something, even though they know better. Sure, and the rub is defining whether or not they know better. Sometimes that's not quite as simple uh, as, as people would think, but certainly when there's active deception there, I think that's where, for me personally, that's where I draw the line of, of, of knowing what fake news is. Active just, deception. Just active deception. Well, and one way it gains traction, though, is that it may be active deception immediately, but do I do I know it's deceptive when I hit retweet? You know, so for instance, I think this was last week. Uh, there was this video that hit online, and it was the president going and and talking to these people at the White House. Um, and it shows him kind of walking out after he gives this talk. And there's just this clip, and there's this little boy in a wheelchair, and it looks like the president just walks right by him, snubs him. There was this big fur online about it. Um, J.K. Rowling mm-hmm. tweeted, you know, like, this is horrible. What a monster. And then more of the video got leaked. And it turns out, well, when he came in, when the president came in, he handed this kid, bent down with him, talked with him, gave him the Secret Service badge. Hmm. And so at what point is that fake news? At what point or is twisting. that, you know, misleading? Uh, 
misinformed, incomplete. Yeah. But then, you know, how many retweets did JK get on that? Yeah, and, and, and I and I think too, I think when I think there's a there's a tendency uh, when we talk about fake news that this is a a right wing problem. But right. this all yeah. of the data and all of the research that's gone totally. into this confirms that that this is a problem on both sides. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. and it happens when you're you're demonizing oh, everyone involved. And in sports too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean it's some of it's like it's like, is this fan fiction? What is this? <laughs> It is interesting, though, that we're talking about a cultural phenomenon that our president is intimately involved in himself, like making accusations of, like, that's fake news or this is totally. not. And it's not yeah. it's not something that a lot of people in our culture are unaware of. It's it's prevalent all the way to the top. So let's, let's turn the corner a little bit to Christians and thinking about how then do we interact with the news? How should we look at the news? I know as I've studied uh, research in my degree, which is nothing to write home about compared to what you guys have done, is we've talked about how do you find the seminal research on this? What is the first thing? Like a lot of news points back to things that are based on something that if you went all the way back, no, this is, it started with something fake and it led to somebody quoting it as if it really happened or as if it was really true. But if you took it back to the root, it'd be a good idea to say, hey, Christians, go back to where this started and see if somebody you trust is saying it, but you're, it doesn't sound right, have you gone back to the beginning to see where it came but from? But this is why it's so I mean, this is why it's so hard, though, right? Because it's such a complex question. Like, as I've thought about it and we've been sitting here, it's like, you know, when you, when you, going back to that question, like, where did it come from? It's like, uh, I don't know. This is this probably dates me some, but like the things like the National Enquirer. Do you like yeah. remember those things or these oh, weird yeah. mags? I mean, I think they're still there in the supermarkets and stuff. It's like, where do you shop? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> whatever. Uh, but you know, it, people know today that w- what they're buying. You know what I'm saying? Some like, people do. I'm sure there's the person out there and people out there who believe what's in the National Enquirer. But for the most part, I think you have people who are they're buying it for entertainment value. It is they're they're sort of aware. But I think what's conspiracy happened, theorists, conspiracy theorists, whatever. But what's happened is I think you have the same caliber of writing, if I can be honest, uh, the same deceptive intent, and na- but now it's being peddled as legitimate. Mm-hmm. And I don't mm. think the time has been there. Again, social media is a newer phenomena, and so you know there's not a there hasn't been the time to sort of be able to societally reflect upon the damage that fake news is doing. And we've seen this. I mean, in the election cycle, and you, you say it's both sides. And and I think we, we first started seeing it uh, when the president was sort of quoting sources that he had just gotten, like anybody else would probably, but he's quoting sources and they're untrue, you know. Mm. I, a lot come to mind, you know, um, uh, the, the voter fraud allegations of five million people, right. you know, uh, voting falsely. It's like there's no evidence of that. Or the I, I remember there's a story about uh, in Chicago at a rally President Obama had done, the, the, the president was talking to a news source and said, yeah, two people were shot and killed at this yeah. rally. It wasn't true at all. It had never happened, you know? And so that's when people started noticing, well, why are these things getting out, you know? Yeah. And the danger, so we're not just talking about Christians, uh, you know, it, it's it's almost saying, how do you even begin to identify? Because a lot of these stories sound true. It's not just like, oh, that sounds weird. It sounds like every other news source you get. It's not like you'd read, oh, two people were shot at a rally and go, oh, that would never happen. I better find out. You don't know. That's and, a good point. And the air we breathe now, right? Mm-hmm. You guys are the journalism majors. Like, it's not long-form journalism. It is sound bites now. Hmm. Uh, the air we breathe is, breathe is the short clip. Nobody – it almost – we almost live in the hyper real. No one even cares whether things are true anymore or not. It's just, just run the with news it. is now an instrument 
to club people over the head. It's not, in some sense, right? When you turn it into 120 characters, you're not saying anything of substance. So then what does the news become? It doesn't become about reporting facts or even making an argument. It really doesn't. It just becomes about how do I make somebody else look foolish or how do I say something that that just helps my agenda? Yeah. Even when you go on these long talk shows and everything else that's happening, what happens to those? Then they get cut and packaged into viral clips, viral videos real quick. Like even the thing mm-hmm. you're talking about, mm-hmm. it's just an incomplete short version that's used right. to club somebody. That's what's so hard about it. It's so complex that it's almost even hard to know where to begin. So what do we do? Do we reject anything that claims to be news then? How do you at all discern? Well, I mean, do you just go with guys, certain sources? Dude, I mean, yeah. Well, I, I think, you know, ultimately this is not a problem that can be solved on the big picture level. This is solved on a personal level. You got to read more, watch more. We have a responsibility, we have an obligation to the truth, especially as Christians, I think. And you know, educate yourself, open yourself up to viewpoints other than your own. I mean, I think there's this idea, you know, you only have to scroll through Facebook for five minutes. There's this idea that there's two Americas sort of separated mm. by a gulf. I, I really do reject that because I think when you when you really pay attention to what, what people are talking about, it's people setting fire to these straw men on opposing hills yeah. that no yeah. one that yeah. no one really even believes. You know, it's like, you know, you guys know the kind of thing I'm talking about. And, and I just think these are these arguments on both sides of the aisle that not as many people hold as you would think. And, and if there was more conversation happening, I think you would people would realize there's a lot more in common than, than you, you think, you know, between, you know, the coasts and middle America as people want to divide it. I don't think it's nearly that divided either. Um, and, and I also think, too, you know, our school system has some responsibility to che- teach some sort of media literacy. I've yeah. thought this for a long time. I mean, it's silly. It's the same thing as a lot of other life skills. You know, how many kids leave school without knowing how to pay their taxes, how to buy a house? I did. Yeah. When I graduated Get high their school. laundry. Yeah. When I graduated high school, I didn't know how to do that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's the same thing. You know, media literacy, I think, is should be part of a high school, junior high curriculum. Very you know, good. understanding yeah. things. And, you know, I just think, like I said, ultimately it comes down to, to, to people. You know, you have a responsibility to, to educate yourself and open yourself up to, to opposing viewpoints. And, and, and I think people, when you do that, I think you realize that we're, we're not as separated and we're not as different as, uh, you know, social media or the news or fake news or whatever would have you decide. There's not people that, you know, believe that there's these, you know, demon sleeper agents trying to infiltrate the government. It's just, <laughs> it's, not, it's not true. Yeah. What you're talking about and what you've mentioned earlier is so true. Like, the insidious nature of somebody who sits down to create a website that looks so convincing that somebody without a certain level of discernment will be convinced this is true. Look, it's posted on the line on this website that looks legit. There's a picture attached. And you just go like, and I feel like uh, a tech-savvy generation may be able to look at that and go, no, I just it just doesn't look at the web address or look at something about it will be a dead giveaway. But I do feel like I'll see, you know, older people on social media propagating things that look to me, like, yeah, it may look like a legit website, but it is clearly Just not Just lost true. your senior adult listeners right now. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> I'm not yeah. trying to offend anybody. I mean, I think it's a willful ignorance of reality, honestly. Like, I, I think, you know, it, on some level... Just because you really want something to be true does not make it true. You know, that's how we get through, you know, an eight-year presidential term and 30% of the country still believes that a guy is a follower of Islam. Like, that's just not – like, that's just – it's a willful ignorance of reality. Mm. That's – you can't really honestly, you know, look at any kind of issue – and still believe some of the things that, that that polls would suggest that Americans believe, and it's just it's frustrating. Like you said, I don't know what the 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 
solution is other than just people have to take these things more seriously. May, may I posit uh, an idea? You, because yes. here's – we talked earlier, you know, it's like, oh, you go to journalism school, then you become a pastor. They actually do connect for me because the role of the journalist is to ask questions. And if I've learned anything in a decade of pastoral ministry, it's that I need to ask really good questions to get to the heart of what's going on here. And I think that's what we as believers need to do as well. We need to ask questions of the media. What are those good questions? We, that we are, oh, why is this the lead story? Okay. Um, is this report concerned with facts? Do I, do I see a concern about getting things right here? Um, is there a lot of use of like, pejorative language? Uh, are they interviewing both sides? Is there good research that mm. actually supports this? Am I seeing this in other places? Um, you That's know? a really good one. That yeah, is, that yeah, is. yeah. I mean, so, you know, uh, an example, two examples of this, one from sports. I'll do this the first one. So when I saw that I'm an OU grad, when I saw that Bob Stoops was leaving, <laughs> check or was everyone re- else was retiring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, we lost <laughs> listeners too. Yeah. There goes our Texas. Poor Texas. <laughs> um, so when I saw that, when I saw he's retiring, that was in my Twitter feed, and I'm going, I only see this one place, and like, hey, we've been here before. I've, I've seen this. It was several minutes before anyone else was picking it up. It was just like one reporter guy out of Oklahoma. Which, okay, sure, he may be close, but I didn't believe it until I started seeing. Okay, some of the gatekeeper went like ESPN. People are starting to pick this up. I'm seeing the same things being said. So I'm checking multiple sources. That's I know that takes a little work, but but does it really? We've never had this kind of access to multiple media points at yeah. the same time. Like you don't even have to do you know flip back channels or remember picture in picture. You know, it's like, <laughs> I mean, there's none of that. It's like I can check multiple sources, um, sources with different viewpoints knowing that everyone has a bias. Yes. But what is the truth that's coming through the bias? What that's was the good. actual event? Um, am I being shown what's happening or being told what to think about it? Maybe the most important thing you can do when you're reading, interacting with, listening, or watching a news story. Well, listen, what I say next is going to leave you in tears, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, it's, it's a call to curiosity, you know? That's Be great. curious. Yes, absolutely. Ask questions, think about these things. Don't just accept it. A picture may say a thousand words, but those thousand words are not always true. And so, like I said, you know, be curious. Don't accept your confirmation bias. Uh, I think that's, as as consumers of media, I think that is the most, you know, sort of uh, counterproductive thing in, in our hearts and in our brains that, that that's caused some of this. That's good. You mentioned some really great stuff. And I know that what you mentioned before, David, about how this is money-driven for a lot of people, to, I think another question of saying, like, is there anything here that's leading me to something either like just clicking on this, which is what we meant by clickbait earlier, if anybody doesn't know, is this idea of like, was that headline so salacious that they just wanted me to click here? Or is there any product that is involved in this story that they're saying, like, I've seen a lot of fake advertisements where it's, hey, this is the, this is what's coming. Uh, this is what happened. And it has to do with, it, it makes it try to look like a news story. Even uh, some of the bigger news right. programs have monetized ads to look li- that look like news stories. You go to yeah. CNN.com and you have those. And, and you have to, these are, these are publishers, editors, reporters. This is a business. Yeah. So let's wrap up with this. Adam, why is it important? And I feel like you've touched on this a little bit. Why is it important to avoid fake news? If somebody came to you and said, hey, I don't know who to trust, and I don't know what to what I can trust when I'm reading. Why would you say like, hey, it's really important? You called it dangerous earlier. You need to avoid these kind of things. I mean, I think I think we've seen it. You know, we you had the story um, not long ago 
uh, of the, um, I think it was about the pedophile ring or whatever in a pizza shop in D.C., and a man walks in, and, and, and you know, I, I don't know if he shot somebody, if he's ra- raving with a gun, I don't remember, but it's like that was all based on fake news, you know. Um, and so there's there's actual, I mean, we can talk about, like, the abstract consequences, but there's actually real consequences. Yeah. I, I think, so that's one, right? But I think maybe more close at home, probably for our listeners, nobody's about to go, you know, read a news story and, and pick up a gun because of it, but, but I do think um, I do think one of the things that can happen for sure is that you really do become less aware. Your view becomes more myopic, and as time goes by, uh, you're less able to engage the world because your uh, narcissism is just being mirrored back to you. And so what happens is you just you don't nobody you're never able to uh, be sharpened. You're never able. You just have people who sort of tell you what you want to hear, and uh, if you're alone in this world, you will go crazy. Like literally, that's what I, I mean. I think there really is a, an argument for that. You know, I was listening to a, prof, a psychology professor from um, University of Toronto talk the other day, and he talked about the importance of having real community in your life and people who will tell you the truth. And he said, "Why?" He says, "Because you're all crazy. You do know that, right?" And every and all the students are like, "What are you talking about?" And he's like, "If you are, let's say you're in prison and you get put in solitary confinement, in two days you will literally lose your mind, right?" Mm-hmm. So what's that mean? Alone, you'll lose your mind. So if you only have people in your life who are speaking back to you what you want to hear your narcissist it's it's just feeding your narcissism you will literally become a crazy person and i i really do take that to heart i mean that i think i think i think you're you will start to become more aggressive you will start start to become a bully you'll start to become paranoid i really i really mean that i think the fake news is that dangerous i i honestly i really do um and so yeah y'all talk about practical points i mean i i can just tell you really quickly what i try to do is 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 read news sources that i know are biased you know mm. what I mean? On both sides. Like, so what's that mean? I mean, I'll just be practical. Like, I read BBC because my hope is that there it's not just you know, a national bias, that they mm. have some, you know, maybe their bias is more European. So I try to read an international news source that's not based here. I, that could be, you know, wrong. I don't know. Maybe they're all American writers and I have no <laughs> idea. You know, I try to read um, – Things like the Atlantic that I know have a certain bias in them, probably, uh, and then I'll try to read things like the Federalist or you know dif- different different things that are like really I know their bias, I know what they're going to tell me, yeah. and so you almost create the argument for yourself and learn to think think critically. That's all I. I mean, that's really the, the most practical thing I have. There. That's good. I do think there's such a this conversation we go all day, but let me just try to summarize kind of a picture of some gospel things here as we're talking about culture matters that we we see in the human heart a desire or a um, maybe depravity that leads to this desire for calamity and that we we have a curiosity that that creates this we also see in the human heart this this desire to monetize and to uh, benefit me by misleading others and again these are things that the bible makes really clear to us we know exactly what's going on here and then optimistically what's cool is we see an industry which is secular in nature for the most part which requires integrity in order to do their job well like david you cannot do this job if we cannot trust you. You know, you do not, because you're working for legitimate news sources, I'd imagine that if you're making up stories about Stoops leaving or Stoops coming back, you know, like you do not last long if you do not have integrity to some degree in what you're reporting. And so we can point to these things and go, man, we are seeing the truths of the gospel working out in our culture, and it's an important idea at the same time to protect ourselves from the accuser, the accuser, the deceiver, the, the enemy who would seek to deceive. We also see that play out in the world and media. And so this is, to me, again, another topic. We could spend all day talking about it. I want to thank Jared, David. Thanks for being here today. Adam, as usual, super fascinating. 
this is such a great topic. Thanks, I'm really, man. Yeah, you got it. I really appreciate all y'all's insights. I hope this has benefited our listeners. I assume it has. It has Amen. me for sure. Amen. Fun to be with you guys. Yeah. If there's anything you heard on the show that you'd like to know more about, you can find details on our website, tvcresources.net. On our next episode, we'll have a discussion with author Andrew Walker on transgenderism. Looking forward to that, and we'll see you next time. God bless.